Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm your girl, Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Tashana Dixon. And today we have another wonderful guest joining us here today. And while we do share the same last name, I can promise we are not related, at least as far as I know. <laughs> not sure. We'll have to find out about that. We'll see. <laughs> Did you have to promise, Tanisha? Did you? I'm like, I promise. I promise. <laughs> But no, but we are blessed really with a wonderful guest. And I just want to hand it over to him. You've already heard him a little bit, but just to hear a little bit about himself. What should the people know about Mr. Rick Williams? Well, Tanisha, first of all, they should know that you could be my distant daughter from something <laughs> and talking about no chance of us being. Uh, and then he's going to promise the people, told you what you wanted, gave you what you need. Told you that I love you, make it good for you and me, and I never make a promise. How you gonna be singing Drew Hill? Nope. Thank you. Thank So anyway, to Shonda, um, we we gonna we gonna forgive her for that for starting a meeting out, distancing us uh, from Brother Ricky. No, it's, it's such a pleasure to meet both of you. Such a such beautiful breaths of fresh air, lovely flowers in the midst of the garden, and beautiful queens. African queens, Nubian queens, and I have nothing but respect, amazing adoration and affection for you. I'm just glad to be here for a few minutes just to share um, whatever I can so that we can um, encourage our people to make the most out of our out of our lives. My name is uh, Brother Rick Williams, better known as Rick the Wealth Coach. I'm live every day at 10 a.m. Um, teaching Bible principles, money principles from the Bible. We teach people how to become millionaires. We turn thousandaires into millionaires. We turn millionaires into multi-millionaires because we understand what only one percent of the working population of the living population understands and that's how to operate out of trust almost everybody we talk to they don't know what we do they don't understand it and when we start talking i say listen brother listen sister all right just admit it you're on 43rd you are not on 63rd all right Okay, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna come by on 43rd, pick you up in a Bentley and take you to 63rd. If you want a lift in a Bentley. All right, now, if you don't want no lift, I can't help you out because there's one person that you just cannot help in life. And that's the person who will not admit where they currently are. It's impossible to help them. And I'm, you know, um, Sister Tashonda and uh, Queen Tanisha, none of us are in the dentist business. None of us believe in pulling teeth. Are you digging what I'm saying? We ain't got no Novocaine. That's not the business we in. So what do we do? We just tell you, we ain't. We just ask you to take it. We ain't gonna twist your arm and break it. We ain't gonna try to force you to do anything against your will and nothing that we do in life because the Lord loves what? A cheerful giver. So I currently live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm the father of seven beautiful children. I have eight wonderful grandchildren. Just came back from Disneyland. We had a wonderful time. And what I'm gonna teach you guys in a little bit, one of the reasons we had such a wonderful time is because everything the kids ask for, I say, yeah. You say, why you be spoiling your kids? No, because when I spend my money, I get back 10 times what I spent. I ain't got nothing to do with spoiling no kids. I need to spend this money for getting me some tax credits. And once you learn what tax credits are, you're gonna start spoiling the heck out your kids. It used to be every time they ask you something, you're like, no, 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 what part of the, no. Do you understand? You don't understand the end, but oh, like mama used to tell me. But mama didn't know nothing about tax credits when she was coming up and she was working on a serious, uh, you know, budget, you know, so I learned knowing 12 different languages when I was growing up. It wasn't no big deal. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat it. Me and my mother, I'll tell you this and then we get started. Me and my mother, we went to a store when I was about nine, 10 years old. 
I wanted this pencil that looked like a pen, you know, them little pencils, but they look like an ink pen, but they're a pencil. And I wanted one real bad. That was the bomb, diggity, when I was in fourth grade, right? And I was like, I got to have one of these, no diggity, no doubt. So we get into the store and, and I said, mama, you know, I'm getting all ease. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. Ease. That's what we used to get. But excellent. All right. Stop laughing. Y'all going to get, you're going to get to get to the big six oh two, baby. All right. Y'all going to get to the big six oh. So uh, praise God that you're going to make it that long. I speak it into your life that you shall see these 60 years, that you should live and not die and have a fervent, beautiful life on top of all of that. So I'm in a store. We're in a place called Yorktown on the, on the uh, west side, western suburbs of Chicago, an exclusive west side suburb called Oak Brook. So mama loved to take us shopping. Now she broke as hell, but she loved to take us and just look at stuff. At least, at least she was broke when it came down to us, but she wouldn't buy us nothing, but we could show sure look. So, so I was like, I wasn't mad at her. I was just glad to get out the crib, get out the projects, you know, and just go go to Oak Brook and look at that beautiful store. I wasn't mad at all. I had no attitude, but I was like, mama, I've been a stellar student. Okay, that's name my company, Stellar. Stellar is a stellar does. That's our marketing thing, right? Stella. So I've been believing in being Stella ever since I was a little boy. And so I said, Mama, can I get one of them doggone big pants that look like a pencil? So she went into her song. Hell no to the no, no, no. I said, Mama, why you got to sing that song all the time? Every time I want something. Okay. So she said, no. So I was like, you know what? Dig what? You know what? Today, I just, you know, what? I'm going for mine. So I said, I'm going to get one of these pencils one way or the other. So she turned. So I walked and wandered all up <laughs> on over there. Saw one of them pencils. Say, I'm just gonna go ahead on and snatch one of these up. <laughs> Ease it into my pocket. Then while I was over there, I would say, what the heck? I need a magic marker too. <laughs> so I take two of these, all right? Now, you know, I'm not a thief. Well, well, that's a little bit. I used to steal baseball cards. I ain't no damn lying. All right, let me just come clean, all the way clean, all right? So I was stealing some little baseball cards every once in a while here and there. So I had a little, little head start on the thieving game, you do. So, so I'm thinking this is all good. So we get to the, we get to the door and I'm we getting ready to walk out. So I said, hey, you know, I done made it all the way to the promised land. I mean, one step out the out the out the store, and I'm gonna be killing it when I get back. All little girls ain't gonna be laughing at me. All little kids gonna be calling me broke Joe and all that sort of thing and laughing at me. Little ghetto Ricky, you can't even get a pencil. You can't even afford a doggone pencil that look like a pen. We got five of them. I said, I ain't gonna have to put up with that. Nobody gonna be teasing me. So I get to the end, all the way to the end. And this white guard walks up, excuse me. This white guard walks up and he says, Excuse me, ma'am. Is this young man with you? I said, I don't know what he's talking about. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. I've been free. I've been free. But um, she like, boy, shut up. Calm down. What's wrong with you? She said, he said, I believe he has a couple of things that doesn't belong to him. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. So he searched me. They couldn't find it. So my brother Larry was with us. So he said, did y'all check his inside pocket? I said, what? You know, snatches. It's. Hey, Queen, Tanisha Queen. Tashonda, it was a very traumatic day for me. They reached in and pulled that pencil out of my pocket. And if it didn't come out in slow motion, saw my whole life flash in front of me. Because me and my mother, we was on one accord, extension cords. I knew she was gonna beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I got to the crib. So that's my introduction. My introduction is that I'm a, um, a brother who comes from the south side of Chicago. My mother just passed away. She was 89 years old. We hung out everywhere. She had a ministry. It's called the mall ministry. I picked up every two weeks and took her around the world and we went shopping. I said, mama, buy anything you want. Take as much time as you want. She said, Ricky, I got to say two things about you. I said, what's that, baby? She said, first of all, I really like the way you talk to me because my mother was a whippersnapper. She could say some stuff and I had to, you know, talk to her in a nice kind of way. 
still checking it. Like, mommy, you know that's wrong. Hey, you, you know that ain't right. Okay. And then the second thing was that she said, you got so much patience. Patience when we go out. I said, mama, I ain't got no job. I make more money in a day people make all year. I ain't got no job. I position myself so I can hang out with you. That's one of the reasons I got all this. That's one of the, not you, one of my motivating factors. The fact that I get to hang out with you and we ain't got to do nothing except go to the store and I got to chase you around. Because I'm going to tell y'all, Queens, I don't know what it was. When she got in DSW and these shoe stores and all these stores, she she on a, on a, she on a walker. I couldn't even, I had to call her to find out where she at. I'm like, Mama, you still in here? She's like, oh, I'm over in section number seven, son. Section number seven, uh, row number three, if you want to catch up with me. <laughs> so I'm from the south side of Chicago, straight from the hood, been homeless and had, you know, been a little so low I had to look up to see the bottom, $50 in a hotel room. But the Lord blessed me to start doing real estate. And I started making a lot of money buying and selling properties. And then he helped me to transition over to how to keep the money. And that's when I came up with this amazing book called Control Everything, But Don't Own Nothing. And this is um, my first book that I ever authored and actually put on the market. And I was so blessed, so fortunate, had so much favor until I went from being poor, working in a warehouse, didn't have no money, got fired on my off day to being able to to be um, to meet Tim Brown from the Oakland Raiders, a Hall of Fame football player, and sit down with him. And all of this is on my YouTube channel, Rick the Wealth Coach. You can watch all this. He's the gentleman that I interviewed. He showed me how to um, start operating the way that we operate now, like in one percentile. And I never look back and I have an international business and to God be the glory. So that's what Rick Williams is, just to get us started. Well, wonderful. That is quite the introduction. <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin. But I, I guess you talked a lot about, you know, where you came from, your childhood. And I'm just wondering, like, was there one message? Like, what was the thing that really had you starting to focus on this new journey, like coming from Southside Chicago. That's actually where our mom is from. And so we know the area. Southside. Of <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. So like, what was that? I mean, you shared a lot, but I'm curious, like, what was the thing that like changed your mind about what you could become and what could, what your future could be? Well, um, I really, I talk a lot about my mother. And uh, matter of fact, I dedicated my book to my mother. And uh, my mother was a bad mama jamma, you know. My mother, um, she was what one of eleven children, I believe. But she raised seven kids by herself. You know, my father wasn't responsible. I loved him all the way to the day he died, but he wasn't bad about it. You know, he popped in and out here and there and all that. Mama, she was stomped down like four flat tires. She was the one calling you know, who, who alive and and uh, took care of her business. But my mother told me something when I was real little. When I was, uh, I mean, real little, six, seven, something like that. She said, Ricky, she said, if you see a fight, she said, just go the opposite direction. She said, but if you're in a fight, give them hell. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I didn't, until I grew up and started becoming much different from my peers and different from the crowd, I didn't realize how much she set me free. Cause she told me, you ain't got to care what people think about you. And that really changed my attitude about life. It really gave me a freedom about life really to honestly not care what people think about me and you know so if you want to hate hate who cares ain't no, i'm a snore at night i ain't gonna lose no sleep over no haters over nobody fred flintstone at night i'm not i'm not gonna mistreat you and then expect you you know not to hate me because i'm dogging you that's one thing but i'm talking about the way you feel about me 
and you don't even know me but the way you feel about me and you know me because you're jealous because y'all all know when you start kicking butt taking uh, taking names you know the haters coming out the woodworks you know that right and if you ain't got no haters it's because you ain't doing nothing so don't feel bad everybody's got some haters praise the lord jump in line with the rest of the people who never made a difference in anybody's life because that's life that's how it goes and people hate you even when you ain't even doing nothing but when you start doing something they come from out the woodworks you're like what the heck I mean, what, you ain't got no job? You ain't got nothing to do? Do you drink Haterade for breakfast? Come on now, player. What's up with that? So she taught me how to be different. And because of that, I always had in the back of my mind, I can be different. And I always had in the back of my mind, man, I can be rich too. You know, because being rich is different. Having money is different. If you got money, you ain't like most people. They say, hey, man, you know, don't let no money change you. I'm like, let money change you a lot. Where y'all get that nonsense from? Don't let no money change you. Just don't let it make you arrogant. Just don't let it make you stuck up. Just don't let it make you get some tight butt cheeks and think you all that in a bag of chips. All right. Don't you be tripping, partner, because you you going right back in the ground where you came from. So you better you better like have a sober attitude about being uh, mortal, and you better love everybody and hug everybody and kiss and and laugh and enjoy your life while you can. You better do all of that. But in order for you to have some money, you got to change. In other words, in order for you to have change for a million, baby, you got to change for a million. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You ain't going to have change for no million. I, I think that's good. I, I think that people don't always hear that. But in order to get to that million, you had to change your mind, right? Is where you're going with that. So so in your story, you talked about, you know, being homeless, you know, having $50, working at the warehouse. What did you do? When did you start to change your mind to become capable of where you're at today? Well, I had a good attitude when I was working in the warehouse. I was working in the warehouse in 2015 because life just landed me there. So here I am working in the warehouse because all this other stuff that had happened up until this point, it don't matter about how much money you had before and had this and all that. What matters is what's going on now, you dig? So everything, all my accomplishments up until that point, so what? You know, I had had some money, lost some money, had some money, lost some money, end up um, having drama in my life. And now here I am working in a warehouse and they like, hey man, uh, we want you to come and sing the national anthem at the warehouse. This is 2015. So I'm like, what? Because they came over to my to my spot and they was like, hey, I'm always thinking when they come to my spot that they come in the metal because I'm like, yeah, white folks, they always come in the metal. Here they come. They're gonna fire me today. What's going on? You dig? I ain't doing nothing wrong. I'm over here boxing stuff, doing some little ten dollar third grade type stuff. You dig? I'm doing right. What's up? You dig? So they come over and they uh say, are you Rick Williams? I'm like, here they go. I'm like, yeah. They're like, hey, great, we heard you can sing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, I'll sing a little bit. They said, no, we heard you sing a lot of it. I was like, oh, all right, where? I said, what you want? They said, can you come sing the national anthem for us? I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go over to try, right? Oh, say, can you sing? So they had a little dude over there. I, I didn't really see all the other guys trying out, but I did hear one little dude. He sounded like Michael Jackson. He was like, oh, say, can you see? I was like, oh. I don't think I, I don't think he's done a chance over here to he dig if that's my competition they probably coming back to get me so, so a few minutes later they showed up they came back ladies they come Mr. Rick I'm like yeah they say you won I said oh what's that they say you're gonna sing the national anthem tomorrow so they closed down the place the next day the plantation because it's a plantation because it was dark when I got there it was dark when I left you dig what I'm saying what number the plantation nothing but uh what number give us give us us free my name is Toby all right, I'm gonna number the plant. Yeah, y'all see y'all too young. Y'all ain't never saw Ritz. Y'all don't even know what's going on. Like, who is Toby? All right, could you help? Hey, 
do your homework, all right? Watch some old slave movies, all right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Kobe was a slave, all right? Kunta Kente, all right? So so, uh, so I'm like Kunta Kente showing up every day, being faithful, you know? So I get out there and I sing the national anthem. And listen to me. They giving me high fives walking through the plantation. They was like, man, when you're a star, you ought to be someplace like, you know, you're a star, you shouldn't be here. I'm like, man, please. I say, I don't trust, I don't trust these um, plantation owners. I say, man, they might just throw me out of here any minute, any second. It's their job, okay? They can change their mind. They can switch up. They the ones in control right here, you know? That's why my book is called Control Everything. Control everything. Don't own nothing. I get into that as we talk a little bit about that mentality. But uh, so they called me on Friday. I mean, on Saturday. On Saturday, they called me. I'm talking about the Saturday after I got through singing. And like Craig on Friday, they fired me on my off day. On my How you get fired on your off day, Craig? They fired me on my off day, talking about somebody was stealing something. I'm like, what that got to do with me? They say, well, they looked up. Anybody ever had a record partner and you out of here? I'm like, what? I'm like, man, that's foul as the Oakland Coliseum. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's just, wow. That's just evil, man. So at first I was mad, but then ladies, then I thought about it. See, because when you got spiritual sense, you see things the way they really are. You don't see things the way what's happening to you in the present moment. You stop, you think about it, you contemplate things. Then you say, oh, maybe this is God. So I don't know if you all are familiar with the word fire. Are you familiar with the origin of that word? Either of you wonderful queens? No. May I educate you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the word fire, the origin of the word fire, it comes from when the Europeans first came to America. When the Europeans first came from England to America, there were black slaves and white slaves. The difference was that the black slaves got treated like dogs, got treated worse than dogs, and the white slaves were set free after seven years because the Constitution of the United States is written based on the Bible. And the Bible says, in seven years, let your slaves go because that's the year of Jubilee. So they practice it with the white folks. It's called indentured servitude, okay? So they let the white folks go after seven years. But they told the brothers, you just work till you drop dead, all right? But the white folks, y'all don't go after seven years. So after seven years, the white slaves, they would go out, sit out in the middle of the woods in a circle, take their papers and start a bonfire and fire themselves from being a slave. So I stopped by to let all y'all know that we are in the middle of the great resignation as we speak right now. We got more slaves firing themselves than it ever happened in the middle in, the, in history. This is the largest wealth transference in the history of time. Our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our great grandfathers, they pay the price right now, baby. If you ain't getting this money right now, if you ain't getting this money right now, if you ain't getting paid, put paid right now with two Ps, baby, it's you, it's impossible. If you can't make it right now, I, if you don't know me by now man if you don't know me by now baby you ain't gonna never never know me i'm talking about money that's what money's singing to y'all if you don't know me by now you'll never 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 know me that's what benjamin is singing to all of us that's what grant is singing to all of us right now that's what lincoln singing to all of us right now baby if you don't know me right now if you don't know me by now you ain't gonna never, never know me. And that's what Grover Cleveland is singing. Grover Cleveland, who is Grover Cleveland? That's a thousand dollar bill, baby. We don't mess around with no hundreds no more. Thousand dollar bills. And people don't even know who won a thousand dollar bill. You need to up y'all game over here. Okay, so, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, like, I'm like, I know you. we are finishing this story, but I'm like, I'm intrigued now by this. 
your book and the concept behind that and i'm like does it control everything own nothing like that's so counter to what this society was built on right the society was built on owning humans owning black people and owning white people at that time as well to do the labor and so like how does this this framework of yours like transfer to today's time right fast for a few hundred years <laughs> but that's a good question and um and the answer to that is that we've been we've been trained through what they call schools but they really child concentration camps they really what i call government indoctrination centers and what they do is they do two things all right they teach you they, well, how are the how are the roles of the of the the desks lined up in a school? By roles, right? One, two, three, four roles. That means that they're all single file lines, correct? And when you get ready to take a test in school, what do they tell you? You better not look at nobody else's paper, right? Right? So they told you that collaboration is cheating. That's what they taught you in school. Why? Because how do you keep a slave a slave? You got to divide and conquer. That's why they have roles to teach you in roles. If they were really trying to teach you, the, the chairs would be in circles because it's the circle of life that produces millionaires. It's the circle of life that produces ballers and shot callers. It's the circle of life that produces folks that can put cheese on a whopper. Are you dig what I'm saying? It's the circle of the circle of life. Circle of life, not the straight line of life. That's game, all right? That's trickeration, that's deceit. And what it does is you, it makes you have an individualistic attitude. So along, so this is the training that you got. And then they said, listen, you need to own a house, you need to own a car, you need to own this and need to own that. Why? Because when you own things, you own the liability that goes along with it. So when a person puts a, a house inside of our trust, for example, they don't own it anymore. So now they don't pay no taxes on the house for the rest of their life. Their kids don't pay no taxes on it when they die. Their grandkids don't pay no taxes on it when they get it. Everything is passed to the person's heirs without any uh, impedition, uh, uh, any impeding from the IRS, probate court, anybody. They don't have no control over your stuff because you got control over your stuff. Now, if you own that house, you would be just like James Brown. James Brown owned everything he had. So James Brown, I got soul and I'm super bad. James Brown, right? The king of soul. He had a what? Uh, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that he that he made over the years. It took 16 years to settle his his uh, court, to settle his case. 16 years in probate court. Are either one of you all familiar with probate court? Okay. So probate court means that when you die, like we, you know, we act like we ain't gonna die, but I don't care how we struggle and how we strive, ain't nobody getting out of this life alive. You digging what I'm saying? We all on our way. We all on our way back to the upper <laughs> All of us. You dig what I'm saying? Young and old, everybody ain't no indifferent. Ain't nobody got no advantage over nobody. But this is the point. We act like we actually own the stuff that we have. So what happens is that the IRS and probate court say, since your stuff is registered like you own it, which you don't because you're going to die. So you don't own nothing no way in reality. But it makes you feel good because words are game. Now, when I say game, I'm giving you some street language. Game, trickeration, deceit, words, the words you hear. That's how you base your decision based on a word and the perception of that word to you. So when you hear that I own something, then it makes you feel good. And you're like, I ain't no sucker. 
I own something. I ain't no sucker. All right. Huh? How many licks it take to get a Tussie Roll son of a Tussie Pop? One, when you're a sucker, you're like, no, that ain't me. So let me give you one move. Just let me give you one move about how we think we own stuff that we don't own. Let's just take a mortgage, for example. All right. So you go in and you say, hey, I want a mortgage. The banks say, cool. What's your credit score? you like, my credit score, why you gotta be so personal? They say, because we all up in your business, we all up in the Kool-Aid, we need another flavor, baby. What's your credit score? So you're like, oh, my credit, my credit score is 750. you like, they like, whoa, did you say 750? They're like, yeah. They're like, word up, fill out this application. So you're like, oh, okay. Because to you, that sounds reasonable. You're like, why in the world somebody loaned me 100,000 for this house with bad credit? So that sounds like a reasonable request, amen? Is that right? This, is, that, is that reasonable? Huh? Both queens? I need two reasonable. queens. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Okay, so that sounds reasonable. So you go to the bank, and the bank says, okay, cool. So they say, okay. And then they, they say, so now what I want you to understand is when you go into the bank and you ask them for this loan, it's illegal. This is illegal for the bank to loan you the money from their assets. All right? Now, you don't know that because you've been in a classroom that has single file lines. If y'all had been in a circle, we'd have had this discussion already. You dig what I'm saying? So I'm trying to teach you about how they control everything because we out of, the average person is out of control because the average person really don't understand the game because you ain't had no conversations like we having right now, okay? When we get through with this conversation, y'all will never be the same. Y'all gonna be walking different and everything, swag and all kind of stuff, walking different and stuff. You're gonna be like, what? Say what? Say who? Say what? Say who? Say what? Okay, you're gonna be doing some stuff that you wasn't doing. You're gonna be boom, 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 and then zoom, zooming. Why? Because y'all are doers. I already know you are. I already know you got a doing anointing on you. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing, you know, because you all like this is a circle that we're in. So you all are runaway slaves just by just because you're here. You're not. This is not a single file line. This is a circle. Are you digging what I'm saying? You're learning stuff that you could never learn in school because school was meant to keep you slow, to keep you to keep you ignorant and to keep you divided and to make sure that you live a slave and die a slave. That's the way that's what's that's the purpose of school. It was created by John D. Rockefeller and Henry Ford. John D. Rockefeller created the public school system. The Board of Education was created by John D. Rockefeller. Where did I get my book from? Control everything on nothing. That statement comes from John D. Rockefeller. All right? The richest American ever walked the face of the earth. He make these little these little rich dudes today, he make them look like, like they like they in uh, third grade. All right? The kind of money he had. If you took his money and put it today. So you go into the bank. You say, I want a loan. They said, okay, cool. What's your credit score? You say it's 750. They say, all right. They call a Federal Reserve, get them on the line. They say, listen, we got somebody just came in here for a note. They got a 750 score. The Federal Reserve say, what? How many licks do it take to get to Tussie Rose Center? That Tussie Pop, one. They say, we got a sucker in here. So you're like, what? Why are you gonna call me a sucker just because I'm going to get a loan? Hang around, I'm finna take, I'm finna tell you why. So. The Federal Reserve says, we'll take how much they want. So Tanisha said, just give me 100000 That's all I want. Tanisha, I ain't calling you no sucker. Just stick with me. All right, just stick with me. All right, just stick with me. Okay, looking like my daughter and everything. Oh, my wings related. So so, uh, so Tanisha, you go in. They say, okay, Queen Tanisha, you can add 100000 All right? We just, because the Federal Reserve just took 300000 and they put it on the bank's ledger. So now the bank has a credit for $300,000. Why is it 300000 because the only loan in the world where you can get charged three times what you pay is a mortgage. Just the only loan in the world. 
Is that big pimping? Or is that big pimping? When you go into a bank, they might as well have some gold teeth and a perm. What's going on? How can I help you? You dig with that? You got all my money? Then that be short. You know, when you go into a bank, it's, a, it's the biggest pimping institution in the world. They buy, listen, have you ever know, did, did either one of you all know who owns, who owns the Titanic? Okay. All right. So the Titanic was owned by John Pierpont Morgan. So here's the first book I want y'all to get. It's called The House of Morgan. All right. That's the first book I want y'all to go buy outside of my book, The House of Morgan. All right. So I've read his story prolifically. It's a long read. But John Pierpont Morgan is J.P. Morgan. What? Chase Bank. All right. John Pierpont Morgan bought Colsar number one. What's that? Colsar number two. What's that? Colsar number three. What's that? And Colsar number four. What's those? Lavish, multi-million dollar yachts. The bankers pay, they buy yachts off of what? Off of our money. Okay. Off of y'all money, at least, not off of mine. But they buy, but they buy, they buy yachts off of y'all money. Why? Because when you go, I'm just telling you one thing about control and stuff. You think you got control because they told you to go buy a house, right? They said own a house, right? Ain't that what we all been taught? First thing you ought to do is buy a house, right? Is that number one? Number one, right? Go buy a house, get some equity, own a house. First thing you talk in in um in financial financial advisors from all your broke friends, okay? And your broke teachers and everybody, you know, your brokers. You know, I call them brokers. You say, I got I need to. <laughs> I need, I need to get some advice from my broker. I'm like, your broker who? Your broker mama, your broker sister, your broker aunt, your broker uncle? You mean to tell me you finna repeat back what they told you? Do it make any sense to get some advice from somebody broken and you don't make no doggone sense? We just feel comfortable with broke people advice because we feel like we're all on the same level. You should always be getting advice from somebody to make you feel uncomfortable. Just like y'all squirming right now. You're like, what? what? Ooh, I, ow, damn. Call oh, me a sucker. You know, that's, you need to get your advice from people who tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, you know, who make you feel like, dang, I need to step my game up. Lord, have mercy. I'm slow as molasses over here. That's how you get rich. You don't get rich in the same rooms with the same folk you grew up with and your homies and all that kind of, and folks who don't know nothing about no real money because this real money game way different from the game we've been taught. So then, let me just finish this mortgage. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead with the J.P. Morgan. Go okay, ahead. So, let me, so let me just finish this mortgage. So you're in a place, you're getting a mortgage. Now, they get the money from the Federal Reserve. So now they got a $300,000 credit based off your credit. So now they tell you, go ahead. The house is yours. So you move in and you get your first and you get your mortgage statement. Your mortgage statement says that you are a tenant. That, do you all you own houses currently? Okay. So go read your mortgage statement when we get through. All right. First thing you're going to see is that you're a tenant. Why are you a tenant? Because you ain't doing nothing but rent in your house. Right. You ain't, you don't, you don't get quote unquote ownership till you make the last payment. So you're just renting. It's just that you're paying three times what it costs to pay some regular rent. All right. And, and you feel good about it because why? Because mama said that's what you got to do. That's what daddy said you ought to do. That's what grandmama said you ought to do. And I can understand them feeling that way. Okay. I'm not railing on our folks. I'm just talking about their education was one thing. Now don't don't roll around here with the same education. You dig? And don't up your game and learn what's going on. And the second thing you're gonna find out about your mortgage is that you signed it, but the bank didn't. The bank's signature is not on your mortgage. Just go look at it. You know why they didn't sign it? Because they didn't give you the money. They got the money, they got a credit from the Federal Reserve, and your credit is what got you a mortgage, not the bank. 
the bank has no consideration. So in order for you to have a valid contract, there has to be consideration on both parties. You don't want with some consideration. You don't want with some skin in the game. That's how people live and die poor because the only person with some skin in the game is them. You ever been in a relationship with somebody? You was in love with them and they was in love with them too? You're like, what the hell? We both in love with you? What kind of mess is that? Look at my nausea twop in this piece. I'm in love with you and you in love with you. Every time I kiss you, you kiss yourself. That's the relationship we got. To, that, that, that's the banking relationship. That's why John Pierpont Morgan bought five yachts. All right, that's why he owned the Titanic, okay? That's why he's the, that's why he was the number one financier in the world because people were coming in and people were, uh, and when you go to a bank, you are agreeing, look, I'm in love with you and you in love with you. All right, let's have this love affair where I kiss all over you and you kiss all over yourself. All right, and then, and you agree to it. Why? Be out of ignorance, not because you, you, you in love with the bank like that. So you say, what's the remedy for that, Ricky? Well, the way we operate out of a trust, is every note that I pay, the bank has to give me, not the bank, but the IRS has to give me back, operate out of an unincorporated trust. And that's what I teach you guys. So when you operate like that, when you pay your mortgage, okay, let's say it's 2000 2500 you know, like a Shonda, you know, $5,000 mortgage like her, so she had baller. So let's say you got that $5,000. <laughs> she say, Ricky, why are you putting my business all in the street? Yeah, I remember daddy's little girls, remember little girls? She's like, you gonna put my business out there like that? So, <laughs> so whatever your mortgage is, this is the way it would be if you was paying for your mortgage out of my trust, out of one of our trusts. The IRS would pull some tax credits for you. So every time you paid your thousand or your two thousand dollars, they got to pull a tax credit for you on your behalf of ten times what you paid. So when I pay for my two thousand dollar mortgage here, I get twenty thousand dollars per month back from the IRS. Now don't drop, don't drop dead. Look at look at so Shonda's eyes. She like she she done, she done went to heaven and came back. She like the blood of Jesus. Like, I gotta think about that. I'm, I'm listening. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the rest. <laughs> like yeah, ain't no way you ain't no way. But this is why we rich. And this is why y'all running around in circles. You got me going in circles because y'all money ain't coming back. All right. Now let me give you a couple of Bible principles so that you know because everything I teach is from the Bible so you understand this. And if you ever came to my financial IQ challenge, you would learn a lot about money from the Bible. Now, let me tell you something. I don't study nothing but billionaires and up. That's it. Why in the world would you be reading anybody else's books? Why? Why? All you got to do is get audible.com. All right. Get audible.com. You dig? Ride around the country, ride around the world like I do. I don't listen to no poo butts. I ain't listening to little peons. I'm like, I ain't got time for that. I don't know how many more time, how much time I got on earth, but I'm gonna make every dollar I'm supposed to make every day at the highest possible level till I drop dead. Why? Because I'm gonna practice what they practice. I'm not gonna practice what nobody else talking about because you should have seen Tashandra's eyes. She's like, what? Did you say I'm 10? waiting on the rest. I'm kind of getting to- <laughs> 10 times what you're, 10 times what you pay. So, um, so because of that, so then the IRS, they charge me 37% for the, uh, for everything that they get from me, for every tax credit they get. I ain't, I ain't mad at them. What? 10 times? So I still got six times what, um, six times what I left over. Why you think I was down in Disneyland? We didn't go to, we didn't go to uh, Disney World. We went to SeaWorld. Cause you'd be in line for three hours trying to get a ride in, uh, uh in, uh, Disneyland. We was like, nah, the hell with that. We went over to SeaWorld where you get in, you get in line, you'd be in a, you'd be on a ride in like 10 minutes. Man, we got on 50 rides. At least the kids did. Cause I wasn't getting on, I wasn't getting on the roller coasters. Cause I'm a punk. Now I'm from the hood. You dig? I'm straight from the hood when it come down to 
I'm used to gangsters and all that, but don't, I want to see no mouse. I run from a mouse and, uh, and don't, and I ain't getting on no roller coasters. They tried to drag me on one. It's like, come on, Gramps, come on, Gramps. I was like, call me a sissy, slap me around and call me Susan. Give me a pink bandana. I don't care what you do, player. I'm secure about who I am. I'm not getting on none of them dog on roller coasters. I'm all messed up for the rest of it. I seen that when y'all get on them water rides, holla at your Gramps, all right? We down on that. But the reason I was spending money, it was like, hey, dad, hey, hey Gramps, can I get one of these ice creams? I say that $35 little ice cream cone right there. It was some little stuff, little dots. What is that stuff? They, they love some little, what do you call it? Dots. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Man, that stuff was insanely, wonderfully expensive. I enjoyed every second of it. I was like, get, I, you, I was like, get 10 of them. They like, we, we, we sick, Grandpa. We had all ice cream we can eat. I said, you want some more ice cream? Go ahead, get some milk, get some milk. The answer is yes, yes, yes to everything. Why? Some of them tax credits. Because it's everything you spend your money on out of the trust, you get tax credits. It ain't just no business stuff. It's personal stuff too. And y'all ain't never heard of it. Ain't never had no conversation with nobody about it in your life. The chances are we weren't talking right here. You could have been 60 years old and never had a conversation because it's the good old boy stuff right here. But and I'm so this the, is an incorpor- unincorporated trust. Unincorporated, not in, not a not a regular living trust, not all that little kitty stuff. An unincorporated trust. Because these are the rules for an unincorporated trust. With a regular one, you don't get none of this. You don't get no tax credits and none of this stuff. So I've been ranting for quite a while. I just want to hear hear um, the rest of your questions. Now that's my introduction of who I am. That's a little <laughs> bit about what we do. That's your introduction. <laughs> that was my that was that was the introduction thing. <laughs> well, I guess for me, I'm like, this is all new language. Like I did not know that this stuff is possible, right? And you probably hear that all the time. So I'm like, can you break it down for but people are back. <laughs> like, what are the things that we can be doing and thinking about right now that will be the first steps to, you know, setting up an unincorporated trust and being able to live like the billionaires, right? Make decisions like the billionaires. So what well, are some things? Who do we need? Who do we contact? This is what I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's sign up now. Like, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> so those are good questions. Yeah, because when do you, let me ask you this question. When you go fishing, and I'm gonna teach you, uh, I'm gonna show you how to make a lot of money. You wanna make a lot of money, a little money? You wanna make a lot? You wanna make a lot of money? All the money. We wanna make all the money. Okay, yes. good, good, I'm in, the right, I'm in the right room. So when, you, when you're talking to people in any business endeavor, and, or let me put it this to you this way, you're going fishing, and you wanna come home with a, with a um, food full of fish. What's the most important part of the fishing equation? What has to happen for you to bring some fish back home? The most important part, um, either one of you ladies want to chime in, go right ahead. And this is gonna answer your question which you just asked me a few minutes. I would say that you're present. Well, of course you gotta be there. Yes, absolutely. So that's good a good start. Bait. Oh, got to have some good bait. All right. You're getting hot too, you're getting warm. You're getting warm now. All right, continue, come on, think. Uh-huh. We get paid to think now. That's how you get paid. Remember, uh, terrible at riddles. <laughs> somewhere to store the the, the game. The somewhere. Okay, no, you ain't. We we talking about just how do you get the fish? How do you get it? Okay, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Be where it is. Yeah. And real close now. You got to be where some fish are. Of course, you can't catch a fish if it ain't none in the pool. Y'all getting warm now. Y'all getting warm. You actually warm. have to fish. Have say, to, that, say that again, Tanisha. You have to fish. <laughs> like, you have yeah, to you, fish. yeah, that's what you came for. So you, <laughs> like, so, so you're at the, you're at the place. Look, look what we're doing right now, 
This is what people don't do. Mm-hmm. Most people are never asked you a question that make you think. Mm-hmm. All right. People work 60 hours a week just to keep them thinking. Mm-hmm. You say, I tell my friends, they say they got two jobs. I say, you lazy as hell. They say, what? You cracking on me like that, brother Rick? I say, you're lazy as hell. You ain't had original thought in 30 years. Talking about you work two jobs. You're a slave. But all you got time to do is do what the master tell you to do and go to sleep. You ain't had no thoughts. So, because the master not going to talk to you and ask you questions that make you think because that's how you get rich. All right. But my job as a wealth coach is I make people rich. I make millionaires out of people. And the reason is because I always make them answer the questions. I won't give them an answer. So let's keep going. All right. So. Let's <laughs> <laughs> think. Now, you said you got the bait. You at the lake. Okay. You said that already. You said that you got to be fishing. So you at the lake fishing with some bait what has to happen now for you to actually catch some fish you gotta put your reel out there all right let's go you can cast your reel out there now and you got some bait on the reel now what has to happen for you to catch the fish fish has to bite the fish got to bite and why in the world would the fish bite because you got something they want you got something they want because what they what hungry Hungry, you gotta be hungry, baby. That's the most important part of the fishing equation. That you talk to fish, that you catch the fish, and the only reason they come in is because they're hungry. Listen to me, for the rest of your life, queens, don't never mess with nobody who ain't hungry. Don't never mess with nobody who's reluctant. Don't never mess. The Bible say the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So it ain't good enough for people to write me a check. They have to put thank you in the memo. Mm, that's good. All right. If they don't say thank you, brother Ricky, I'm like, I don't think I want your money. I don't see enough joy. I don't see you not smiling over here. You're getting back 10 times what you used to. You don't know nothing about this. Okay. So don't be giving me, don't be ticked. I'm the wrong person to tick off. If I, if I withdraw, it's going to cost you a whole lot of money, generational wealth, if I don't like you. So you need to be nicer. Okay. I'm looking, I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Smile, write that check. Okay. And smile and say thank you. I don't see the thank you in the memo. So you got to deal with, huh? <laughs> Tanisha, like, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can, you can, you can. <laughs> I'm teaching y'all how to behave like the queens you were born, okay? And when people start acting, paying y'all for whatever they pay y'all for, they better be grateful. They better be thankful. The reason a person takes money out their pocket and they give it to you is because the money is worth more money in your pocket than it is in theirs. Are you listening? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? When a person takes their money out their pocket and they give it to you, Okay, let me give you an example of what I mean. So, if I told you to uh, to Shonda, if I gave you a hundred bucks, if you gave me a hundred dollars, and I gave you back a thousand, would you be happy with that deal? You gave me a hundred, I gave you back a thousand. Would you be happy with that deal? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. If you gave me a thousand and I gave you back ten thousand, would you be happier? Yeah. If you gave me ten thousand, I gave you back a hundred thousand. Would you be even happier? Yes. All right. If you gave me a hundred thousand and I gave you back a million, can I sing at your wedding or at least the 10th anniversary? Mm-hmm. All right. Here yeah. and now, I promise to faithfully. Hey, can I do a little Luther at the wedding? Okay. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Now, all things being equal, which one of those deals do you want the most if money ain't no issue? You want the first deal or you want the last one? You want a hundred for a thousand or you want a I want a million for a hundred thousand. Which deal you rather have? A million for a hundred thousand. Of course. Why? Because the value is is higher. Greater, yeah. 
Okay, so what I'm telling you is that spend the rest of your life with fish who appreciate value. People like people that's got money, we don't never call, we don't never care about the price that we pay for something. We always concerned about the value. If the value is worth the price we pay, give me the highest price I can pay. Why? So I don't have to waste time. All right, let's just get to it, baby. All right, let's just get to that million. Why are we messing around? If you're gonna give me 10 times, let's get to the million, all right? And if and if that's true about what you have to offer, don't you ever let another person shortchange you. You tell them Negroes, when y'all get up to the, the counter at Walmart, you ever got up there and they told you it's gonna be 245 and you start talking about, I give you 200. Man, hell no. Yeah, get that, yeah, hit, the, hit that, hit that uh, security board. The security button, come snatch your ghetto behind up out of there and take you back where you came from because they don't play that. When you get to the counter, the price is what it is. Are you listening to me? So I'm going to tell you this and then we're going to, and then um, we'll get to your next question. And that's this, yeah, how we actually get together. What you pay for something is not the cost. What you pay for something is the price. What it costs you is what you lose because you didn't pay for it. All right, if this is $1,000 and you paid $100 to get it, if you don't pay this $100, it's gonna cost you $900. If you learn the difference between what something pays and what something costs, you'll be rich. And until you learn the difference between those two, you're gonna be cheap and petty and have a little money all and gonna die broke with a handful of little wooden nickels. Everybody that's cheap and petty is gonna die broke because they don't even understand. That's why they kept us in single file lines because when you get in this circle, you find you've been in school all your life and you don't even know the difference between what, what, what something costs and what you pay. You ain't never even had a conversation with somebody about that in here. I know, because when I look at people, they, they like, you're the first person to say that to me in my entire life. I'm like, yeah, don't, don't feel bad. This is by design. It's by design. You got to get retrained and reprogrammed by real coaches and real teachers who, re who make real money. You know, and then to bring you into the real world. They say, Ricky, them, them goals you got, man, you live in a fantasy world. I say, you live in a fantasy world. All right. I live in a real world, player. All right. Plenty of printed paper with pertinent presidents over here, player. Don't get it twisted. All right. We can put cheese on a triple whopper over here. You don't want over there. Can't put cheese on a whopper. Can't bust a grape in a tractor. I don't know who you, what are you talking to me or don't be meddling. Don't be meddling up in the Kool-Aid. Don't know the flavor. All right. So your question became, how, how do you, you know, learn more? You just got to be a hungry fish. That means that you have to come through our financial IQ challenge because you can't even open no trust with me being uninformed. I won't even accept it. It costs $297 to be in my challenge, right? $297. People say how much your trust costs. I said, don't cost nothing because every time you put spend money with me, you get multiples of it back. So learn to change your language. How much does something cost? That's the first question every cheap person asks. How much does it cost? How much does it cost? How much does it cost? I'm like, you don't even know the difference between what a cost and payment is anyway. So you don't even know what you're asking me. If I answered your question, you wouldn't even understand the answer because you don't even know the difference because you ain't been to class. All right, so come to class, real school, and I teach it for an entire week once a month. And the next time we'll be teaching is October the 3rd for the whole week. And you can come and learn. You can come and learn. I, I recommend that you come in and um, be a VIP, only 297 little measly dollars. Every time I look at somebody and I see them like, how much you say again? Did you say 297? Every time I look at somebody like that, I'm like, are you? You look like a grown man. You look like a grown woman. Okay. Are you just an oversized child or something like that? You ain't got $300? You you sitting here contemplating that? Did, did that make you? Did Adam's apple come in your neck? You ain't even got no Adam's apple. Mm. 
you, 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 uh, you Eve's apple. <clears throat> What's up with that? You spent three hundred dollars. You spent three hundred dollars on uh, on your hair. All right. Spent three hundred dollars on you know, on your eyelashes and stuff like that. Okay. I ain't mad at you. Since it's September now. <laughs> When's the next time? So you're gonna have you're gonna be available for a week in October third. What's the next class? It's always now. the first. Always the first week in the month. Okay, so first week of the month. So that also will be November. The uh, I, I haven't even looked, but it's uh, November. First full week in November is the seventh. So let's see, because sometimes it's the last week, depending on you know, depending on what. Well, November the first is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. All right, so it'll be um, so it'll be um the 31st of um, October through the 4th of November. So it'd be the 31st of October thereafter. Perfect. And say that line for us again, your whole class and when that date is. Okay, so on October, I mean, October, the next one after this, after, okay, so October 31st will be the next class after the one coming up. And it, all you have to do, anybody that's interested, just go to financialiqchallenge.com. And it has everything that goes on right there. Now, for everybody who wants to educate yourself, I've got 600 videos on Instagram. I'm live every day at 10 o'clock. All right. Anybody who wants to come in and learn, got a clubhouse room called Well Principles from the Bible at 11 a.m. on weekdays um, for three weeks. Only when we're doing a challenge, we're not there. But the other three weeks out of the month, we're there. I've been live almost every day for going on almost four years. That's because I love you, all right? And I will teach you more for free than people will charge you um, hundreds of thousands of dollars for so that you can educate yourself and then you can make a decision if you want to learn our other stuff and come into our freight and all of that to give you an opportunity. I'm not in any hurry. I live off of this scripture. This is Proverbs 21 and 5. And it says that the thoughts of the diligent, they tend only to plenteousness, but to everybody that is hasty, only to want. I ain't in no hurry. You dig what I'm saying? We slow walking this thing. And we know why I'm not in a hurry, because I love you. And when love is the motivation, God pay me so much money for what I do for a living. God pays me so much money for what I do for a living until I try to give more money away during the course of a week or a month than people even make for a living. You know, that's my goal. You know, why? Because I have a different aim. People are famous because they aimless. You do. They aiming at that they ain't that they aiming high and missing. It's that they aiming low and they hitting. They shooting at the ankles. I'm like, hey, what you do for what you do for when you you know what kind of sports you love? Handball. I'm so like, what handball on a curve? They're like, yeah, <laughs> handball on a curve. Like just shooting for little stuff. I'm like, so when you win, you still lost because you're the winner or the losers. You're at the top of the bottom. You know, you're the best of the worst. You still ain't nothing happening. You did. So change your aim and change your aim at serving people at the highest levels. Don't never solicit nobody for no money for the rest of your life. Just put yourself in front of a pool of hungry fish and you can sell anything to anybody clear across the world. They will gladly pay you your price and write you a thank you note if they are hungry fish and if they if they are worthy to be in your circles because y'all are king. Y'all, you guys are queens and you're serving kings and queens and you should be treated as such. And um, and I, I won't take nothing. I add something to it before I take anything away. Any other questions that you all have? He said so much. <laughs> so I want to know. So 
you can get all this information it sounds like so to 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 through two things that you said so, or three things you said your financial iq class and that's every first week of the of the month so reach out where can we find that at is that financialiq.com yeah financialiqchallenge.com iqchallenge.com perfect and then you're on every morning where are you on every morning where can we find you there instagram what's your handle rick the wealth coach perfect everywhere rick the wealth coach on and i've got 100 videos on youtube too rick the wealth coach and uh and if you guys want to wake up, all you got to do is just send me a message on Instagram saying, Ricky, I like to wake up to rise with Rick because I have a video that comes out at four o'clock every morning. Just to uh, give you some ideas about life. It's not just all about money, which is about life and um, just funny stuff, singing, having fun, just to wake you up and wake you up at four o'clock in the morning. And um, so those are the ways of being able to reach me. Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess I would ask, like, if there's any, um, if there's like one thing you could tell to someone, our audience, are, right, they're vast in terms of like what they do, what their interests are. There is a common interest around wealth building, right? That's kind of where we started. But people are coming at this from many different places. So I guess like, what's the, what's the thing that you deferred to telling people no matter where they're coming from you know in this conversation mm -hmm. well um everything happens from the inside out mm -hmm. so i don't know what you know when i meet a person out i don't know i don't necessarily need to know what their particular like passion is what it is they really what they really offer the world and like you know why god put them here on this earth but i know one thing that's that if we will investigate ourselves from the inside out and then we'll have somebody else to do it from the outside in we'll be some spectacular human beings and business is called an audit risk an audit risk is when you the only person that's doing an audit for your company is just the people your inside accountant and your inside auditor and so the risk that you run is that they might not be able to see some things because of their attachment to the company or their attachment to you so they may have limited, uh, a limited view of what of reality and what's really going on. So you hire an outside auditor on purpose. They're not auditing you like, like you're in trouble. You volunteer for an outside auditor who can see things much more objectively than uh, the people on the inside can. And then what happens is that you end up really covering all the bases and you end up becoming a, having a spectacular business because you was willing to have somebody else look at it with untainted eyes and with a fresh perspective. Well, that's how life is. We should all have an outside audit. We should first of all, start out by having an inside audit because the Bible says if a man would examine himself, he wouldn't have no need for somebody else to examine him. So we should have self-examinations on a regular basis, but we should also invite into our lives people who make us accountable because that's how you become a spectacular human being. So without knowing anybody, any of our friends that are listening or any of our colleagues who are listening around the world without having any idea who you are, what it is that you do for a living and what your passion may be, I would like to warn you and I would like to encourage you and I would like to even incite you to be the best version of you you can possibly be. And for that to happen, you're going to have to have an inside audit and an outside audit because it's not on the not on the oh. 
I wanna be all I can be. Not all the the inside strong. So we want to be inside strong. That would be my recommendation to every human being walking the face of the earth. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I feel like I need to listen to this episode for probably like four more times so that I can get all the gems and all the nuggets. But I think one thing that I'm going to start by doing is getting your book because you just opened my eyes in this call to so many things that I just wasn't even aware of was a possibility. And so I think starting there, starting with the YouTube, the Instagram would be a great place for anyone else who's wanting to hear more, right? And then if you're ready to take that next step, the challenge sounds like where would be the place to go next. Um, so I just thank you for all of the wisdom, all of the gems. Tashonda, you have anything to say before we yeah, close? No, I mean, please believe I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. You'll see me following you pretty <laughs> soon. But um, no, I, I think it's been awesome. And, and one thing that I, I love that you said though is you have to question what it is that you were taught. Um, and, and that to me is just a fundamental mm-hmm. checkpoint uh, in in life. And so I think it's so awesome that you you pose so many questions and and have given us an opportunity. I can't wait to to find out what I'm gonna learn more from you, right? And I, and I challenge the audience, guys, re, please remember, most of us, I mean, if we think about the history of African-Americans specifically in the U.S., we haven't had time. We haven't had the knowledge to make money, to, to make moves of this magnitude that Mr. Williams is talking about. So, so please check yourself. Find you someone, if not Mr. Williams, that can teach you the lessons and, and to teach you to get to that different level because we haven't. Historically, there just hasn't been enough time and and people of influence and education and knowledge in our communities and it's necessary so if you have the desire what'd you say mr williams what'd you say <laughs> you said that if you if you are hungry like those fish find someone to learn from and find someone who is high enough so that you're reaching i know tanisha always says that uh if you aim for the the stars you might miss and hit the moon is that what you say <laughs> something like that <laughs> But but I think it's all the same message, guys, is that there's so much out there. We are not in a land of a few. We are in a land of many and you can have it all. So go after it. If you're hungry, there, there's options. And and our guest today is one of those options to help educate you and, and move you forward. Thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, thank you, thank you, yes. And so we will include all of Mr. Williams' information in the show notes. Y'all go and find him right now um, and definitely check out the challenge at the first week of every month. And so until next time, y'all, I'm your girl, Tanisha Nicole. I'm Shonda Dixon. And we are Black Girl Fly. Black Girl Fly.